In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So in the Sunday called Sexagesima, which is today, the church asks us to read what's commonly referred to as the parable and the sower, or the parable of the sower, excuse me. Last week, St. Paul likened the spiritual journey to a runner trying to run and uh, to achieve the prize to show us that we must work very hard. But then Jesus used more of a business analogy in the parable of the laborers in the vineyard to show us the grace of God cannot be calculated or merited. This week, our Lord in this parable likens the kingdom of God to agriculture, that is, to the growth of plants. And in so doing, Jesus is essentially giving an explanation of what's going on at this point in his ministry. He is going about generously sowing the seeds of the kingdom, and people are responding in different ways. So here he seeks to give, uh, metaphorically we could say, four different types of responses to his ministry. In this sense, the title of the, uh, excuse me, the title, the parable of the four soils might be a better title for this parable. One important introductory note here that should serve as the starting point from which the rest of this parable is interpreted is to pay attention to how the sower goes about the process of sowing the seed. Like I just mentioned, this is an image of Jesus um, explaining what he is doing in his ministry. And we're not agricultural people, so perhaps this is lost on us, but Jesus tells this parable in such a way that we might conclude that this is an incompetent farmer. Seed was remarkably valuable in Jesus' day, and a farmer would have taken all care and due diligence so as to not lose or waste even one grain. He would have only sown the seed where he knew with certainty it would be productive. The farmer in this parable, however, appears to be the opposite of that, even reckless, we might say, in how he handles the seed. That is, he drops some along the way, he allows some to fall on rocky ground, some among thorns. That is, he doesn't seem to take care so as to only plant the seed where he knows it's going to grow. And many have argued, and I suspect that they're right, that the intention here is to to demonstrate the generosity and the gratuity with which Jesus is sowing the word of his kingdom in his ministry. He's being liberal and he's being generous. And this needs to be the starting image through which we view then the four different responses. So in the first scenario here, the sower, he goes out to sow and he loses some seed along the path and it's stepped on and or the birds come and they eat it up because it never made its way into the ground. So the seeds fail to penetrate into the earth, which represents actually, as Matthew puts it explicitly, a failure of understanding. It's a failure of understanding because the soil here where the seeds are dropped was hard. That is, the hearts are hard. So they fail to understand because the necessary preconditions were not in place. So the seed doesn't take root and thus the devil can swoop in and quickly take away the seed so that it never has a chance to penetrate into the soil. In this case, it's simply lost. And though Jesus doesn't explicitly state this, I see being addressed here the sin of pride, which is the chief hardener of hearts. 
These are those who hear the Word of God, but they don't recognize their fundamental need, their fundamental brokenness. Though it must be said that pride is often a self-protection mechanism, which is born in and out of not receiving love that one needs, and it's not our place to judge these folks. But the irony still remains that they didn't receive, or they don't, they choose not to receive the perfect love of God because they didn't receive the imperfect love of others. In the second scenario, some of the seeds fall onto rocky ground, and due to this, there isn't a lot of soil there, and so they spring up prematurely due to this lack of soil. And then what happens is that the sun comes and then they're scorched because there was no moisture, no depth to the soil, and thus they wither away and die. So here Jesus is making, I think, a comparison and a contrast. So Jesus is contrasting, so he's making the contrast between promising initial growth and then the lack of ability of the growing plants to sustain themselves over the long term. There is no depth, that is no inner conviction or understanding of heart. There's no patience. So as soon as trials and testing comes, they cannot sustain themselves and they fall away. The point here in this second scenario is that in the Christian life, difficulty will indeed arise. And though this might sound a bit harsh, I think the point is that your initial zeal or your initial love for the gospel is not enough. An initial love for Jesus, even if it is sincere, will not be enough to sustain you. This addresses what we might refer to as the issue of sentimentality within the church, which simply stated prioritizes your emotions over your will and your commitment. This challenges the idea which is often presented in churches that tend to emphasize the beginning, be it a moment of conversion, an altar call, or whatever that might be. What this second soil shows us is that what appears to be something in the beginning does not guarantee that it will be that thing in the end. A momentary experience of conversion is good, don't get me wrong, but the point is that it by no means guarantees a fruitful life in the kingdom. And just in case you're thinking that I'm referring here only to other churches, perhaps evangelical churches, which place a large emphasis on initial conversion, I'm not. The same thing applies in our context. Your baptism, your confirmation, your first communion, your initial love, at least for some of you, love for the liturgy or your love for the scriptures, all these are good things, but again, they will not guarantee fruitfulness. Rather, as our Lord says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. In the third scenario, then, some of the seeds fall amongst the thorns. So the issue that seems to be presented here is not so much a lack of resources, like in the previous one, but rather competition. So these seeds are not able to produce because of competition then for the available nutrients. The thorns come in and choke out the seed and they never end up producing fruit. Jesus will explain what are these two primary sources of competition which are prominent themes throughout all of his teaching. The first is the continued call to, de to detach from the cares of the world 
or put another way, to not allow ourselves to be overoccupied with the stresses and anxieties of life. The challenge here, I think, is about where we place our security, where we place our confidence. And what often happens is that in times of difficulty or times of hardship, something is revealed, and that is the thing that we thought was our faith in God was actually faith placed in something else. And it seems as though this is within God's M.O. to, when this happens, take these things away from us in order to reveal it to us so that we might then place our faith in Him. The second source of competition is mammon, that is our wealth and our possessions. And you all have, well, you all have heard me belabor this point ad nauseum, but I think we need to be continually called back to it. The clear teaching of Jesus that while wealth is not intrinsically evil, it poses a threat to your place in the kingdom. Jesus will not share his place in your life with your wealth and your possessions. As he says, you cannot serve both God and mammon. So then finally in this fourth scenario, this is the seed that fell on the good soil, and it yielded actually quite a miraculous harvest, a hundredfold, Jesus says. Jesus will explain that these are those who receive the word and hold fast to it with honesty, goodness, and patience. These are those who receive the word with an open heart, hold fast to it, those who endure through the difficult seasons and trials which will inevitably arise. This reiterates the themes from last Sunday of grace and work. Jesus graciously sows the seed, but perseverance and faithfulness is required of us in response. So we've seen here then to conclude, we've seen in this parable that the seed of God's word can be lost, it can be taken away, it can be received with casual or temporary enthusiasm, and it can be choked by ordinary cares of life and by riches. These are all possibilities for us. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we can see the threat of these things in our lives. This is the purpose of Lent. Again, not a time to amass good works to get into heaven, but rather it's an invitation for us to slow down and pay attention to the things in our lives that are or could potentially be hindrances to our production of fruit. I encourage you to take this season of pre-Lent to think about that. Jesus' point with this parable is to show us that a faith that is not productive over the long haul is not a faith that will lead to a place in the harvest. So this is a challenge to not only hear the word of God, but to respond to it, to patiently endure in keeping with repentance all the way until the very end. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.